Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Built to Last, a special message from Brother Bailey Irvin. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. to introduce our speaker for this evening and this particular speaker holds a very special place in my heart because in 48 hours he's going to be my son-in-law amen hallelujah and as much as I love him I also want to hurt him because he's taking my daughter and he's moving 10 hours away to Mississippi Uh, but on Monday morning of this week I was praying in my office and just out of nowhere I felt like the Lord said, invite Bailey to speak on Wednesday night. And so Brother Bailey Irvin is here with us tonight, and he has a word from the Lord. And I am so excited to invite him into this pulpit of Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Would you please help me welcome Brother Bailey Irvin. Bailey, we love you. We're so honored you're here. Do whatever the Lord tells you. Can we give that hand and clap of praise to the Lord right now? God, you're so worthy. God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've brought us here in this place tonight, oh God. We thank you that your spirit is here, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you would meet us here, oh God. Lord, who are we, oh Lord, to be in the presence of the King? I don't know, but God, I just want to thank you anyway, oh God. Lord, you're so worthy. You're so worthy, God. We bless your holy name. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus right now. Jesus, you're so worthy. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. I want to thank you all for receiving me in this place tonight. And I'm thankful. What an honor it is to be standing before you. And I'm so thankful to my, in 48 hours from now, father-in-law, Pastor Azzalini. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's such an honor to be here. It's been such a privilege, not only for meeting Ashley, but her entire family has just changed my life, being able to be with them. And I'm sure you all can relate to that. They're just wonderful people. And I do not take that relationship that I have with them lightly. And I'm just, I love you guys so much. And this year has been quite a year of changes for every one of us, I guess, from... uh, our Ashley and I being uh, getting married and the Azzalini's moving down here with you guys and it's just been full of surprises at every turn and it's been awesome and God's been with us and I sure have loved getting to know you guys over the past few months and I look forward to constantly visiting very often <laughs> very often yes amen you can turn to your Bibles tonight to Deuteronomy chapter 6 so honored once again to be here before you, and I do feel like that God wants to speak. I love, the, I love the spirit that I feel in this church. It's such a spirit of sincerity and a hunger for revival is what I just see every time I'm here, and, and I know that God is going to move mightily. And, and, and I believe that the word that I have for us tonight is something that will help us to, um, to project that into the city and to project that into this region. Um, and so we want to start tonight, if you have your Bibles, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And 
I didn't I didn't get with the brother in the back and I do apologize for that. So if, if it's not up there, it's my fault, not his. So don't look back there at him. I've I've worked back there many times and I know what it's like getting that turnaround look like what's going on and so so it's not his fault, it's my fault tonight. But Deuteronomy chapter six and starting in verse four. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God is one Lord. Can somebody say that with me? One Lord. Amen. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart, with all of thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee today shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down and when you rise up. And thou shalt bind them as a sign upon thy hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eye. In other words, it's going to be in your mind. It's going to be in your heart. These words. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy houses and upon thy gates. This is the word of God. This is the foundation. Can you put your Bibles down? And let's just lift our hands right now and pray to the Lord right now that he would speak to us in this place. God, Lord, I invite your presence. God, I know that you already shown up in this place and I just pray that you would continue to move and continue to have your way in this place. I pray that you would talk to us in the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, I pray for each and every person, Lord, that is here to receive this word. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you would help them to receive this word, oh God. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're going to do, oh Lord. We trust you, we love you, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can be seated. The verses that I read to you are very often quoted in the apostolic movement. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's a major verse um, in our apostolic doctrine. And the reason for that is this isn't just a good verse that we found and we just like the way it was worded. Um, you see, the wording here, the, the, the verses here that we are reading is known as the Shema. Um, that is a Hebrew word, um, and it means simply hear, as in hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Pretty much what, what is being said here, and by it being titled the Shema, is that this is the words that you need to hear. This is what we need to hear. This is what we need to receive. So this is the Shema. The Shema is the foundation of the Jewish religion, of the Jewish people before Jesus walked the earth. The Shema was their foundation. Matter of fact, they took these verses that we read tonight, Deuteronomy, we read verses 4 through 9 in chapter 6. They took these verses so serious that they would quote them every morning. Whenever they woke up, when they'd get out of bed, the first thing that they would say is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord, and I'm going to love the Lord thy God with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my might. They'd wake up every morning and declaring that. That's how they'd start their day is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. They would never forget that. They would never abandon that doctrine. They would never leave that part of their faith because 
because they'd wake up every morning saying, Hero Israel. And they'd go to sleep every night saying, He's one God. He's one God. His name is one. He is one. There's no other. Beside Him, there's not another God. And they would tell themselves this every single day. And so for that, we would say that this is the very foundation of their faith, of the Old Testament believers, this was the starting point. This was what they built everything else off of. And so for a little while today, I want to talk to you on the subject built to last. Built to last. You see, this foundation, not only did they remind themselves every single day that hero Israel, the Lord my God, is one. Not only did they commit themselves every single day that I'm going to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, but they also committed themselves every single day that these words which I command thee shall be in my heart and I'm going to teach them diligently to my children and I'm going to talk about it in the house as I'm walking around, it's going to be my conversation. It's going to be what I think about. It's going to be what I talk about. When we're sitting at the dinner table, we're going to discuss the commandments of God. We're going to discuss the things of God. That's what this house is going to be built on, is the Word of God. It's going to be built on this foundation. You see, there's an old hymn. We sang the old hymns tonight. There was one that said, Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This is our foundation this is the rock on which we stand and that's the word of God the word of God is where we start the word of God is where we build everything off of you see God intended for this foundation to be set in every home that's why he started with that he says God is one you shall love the Lord with all your heart and you shall teach about his goodness in your house, in your life, and in your home. And so God has built this order for us, for our families, for our lives. Now, I'm just now starting my family in about two days from now. So I'm not going to, anything I tell you tonight is not going to be from my experience. It's not going to be from all these years of, of me living and I've worked it out and I've got it all figured out and I know it all. Nothing like that. It's simply the Word of God. That's all I have to go off of. That's what God has asked me to preach. He hasn't asked me to preach my experiences. He hasn't asked me to preach the things that I think I know about, the things that I've got a good idea about. But He wants me to preach His Word. And so the things that I tell you tonight are simply from the Word of God. They're not my own words. They are from the Lord. You see, God has established an order for the family. That's exactly the, this is this is the thing that he started off with. And and there's a there's a order in which we dedicate our relationships to God with. Number 1, the very first, just like just like foundationally, number 1 is our relationship with God. Cuz if you don't know God, you what do you have? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? We've got to build our relationship with God. That's got to be our number one priority. More than anything else, everything else can go away. We could lose everything else, but if I've got God in my life. I know people that have lost everything. Back home there was there was a, a girl, young girl, and she had lost her parents at a young age, and she had lost so many things, lost her home and lost her family, lost her parents, but she had God in her life, and she sustained, and she 
she, she, this was when she was a teenager and she's walking in the ministry today. And I thank God for that because she had God in her life. There's so many stories. I'm sure you could tell the stories just as much as I have. When I feel like I had nothing, but I looked up and there was God. When I didn't know what else to do, he was right there beside me. When I couldn't even walk, he was still holding my hand through it all. Whenever I couldn't even take another step forward, there was God in the middle of it. When I was thrown in the fire, I looked over when I thought I was by myself, and there was God in the midst of it. Whenever I faced the lowest battle, when I faced every battle, there was God that brought me through it. Come on, is there somebody in here tonight that you can testify that when I lost it all, when I thought I had lost everything, there was God right beside me, and he carried me through the lowest valley. Oh, that blood, the blood of Jesus reaches to the lowest valley. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so we start... We got to have God, number one. That's got to go above anything else. That's got to go above our families. That's got to go above our churches. That's got to go above the city. That's got to go above anything else. If we don't have God in our personal life, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters if we don't know God for ourselves. There's so many people today in this country, in this world, that they go to church and they know all about church. They know when to stand up. They know when to sit down. They know when to clap their hands. They know when to say amen. But they do not know who God is. They don't know who He is truly. They've gotten to know church but they have not gotten to know God. And that's what got to be the first priority in our life is that we've got to know God for ourselves. Number two is we've got to focus on our family. Just like this first verse that we, that we read talked about of, of speaking of these words in our homes and speaking of these words in, in our conversation and as we go on, on our way. And that's number two is we've got to... We've got to focus on our relationship with our spouse, number two. We've got to focus on our relationship with our spouse because that was the first thing that God had given Adam after he had created him. He said it's not good for man to be alone. He looked at so much of his creation and he said that's good and that's good. And that's good. But the first thing that he said that's not good, the first thing that God saw that he said that's not good was loneliness, was being alone. And so and so we've got to make sure. And so he gave him Eve. He gave him a wife. He gave him a help. And so if that's the first thing that God gave us, that's got to be our first priority after God. If you're married, that's got to be the first thing that you focus on is I've got to build my relationship with my spouse. And after that, we've got to make Make sure that our children know the things that we're being, that we are learning, that we are experiencing with God. Not only, not only do we have to know God, we have got to raise up our children to know God. We've got to raise up our children in this truth. I've heard it said they're the church of today and tomorrow. They are the future. We've got to raise our children in the church. And number four. After we've built up our family, we've got to build up our church. We've got to stay focused on the church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Thank you, Jesus. You see, we've got to make it a priority. It's not just an option. It's not just a maybe we'll be there, maybe we won't. We've got to make it a priority to be in the house of God, to be with the people of God. We've got to have it in our lives. God gave us the church to be there for us, to bear one another's burdens, to lift each other up in our time of need. You see, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. That's why each and every one of us have a responsibility one for another that when I got a brother that I see that he's low down and he hangs his head low I got to be the one to come over there and lift up his head and say hey man come on you're gonna make it hey I know it's been hard but we can do it I know you've messed up but it's okay there's joy in the house of God there's mercy in the house of God there's peace in the house of God and we are the ones that have got to extend that to a brother we've got to be the ones that will lift up a brother in time of need we've got to be the ones that when we see somebody else's falling we don't rejoice we don't say oh well I'm glad it ain't me or better them than me but we got to say oh my god let me help you what can I do how can I help you how can I extend that graceful hand towards you we've got to be able to lift each other up one another number five we've got to focus on the city that God has planted us in We've got to be able to be a light to this dark world in the places where, where sin has taken, the things that sin and, and the spiritual wickedness that we see in this world has taken. We've got to be able to be that light, that beacon of hope to where not only are we able to lift up a brother, not only are we able to lift up those that are in the church, but when we see the drug addict, when we see the homeless, when we see the prostitute, we don't see a sin. We don't see, we don't see the mess that they're in we look past what we may see and we see a soul that's been broken by sin we see a soul that's been hurt by the things of this world we see somebody that's been lied to we see somebody that's been bound by deception and by sin we look past all the things at the surface level all the things that we see oh but they're they're this they're that they're the other but we see we've got to extend the love of God we got to see them through the eyes of Jesus a savior that not just died for those of us on the church pew but he died for the drug addict he died for the prostitute he died for the homeless he died for the hurting he died for each and every one and we've got to be able to extend this gospel to each and every one of us each and every person in the world but you see one thing that I want to tell you is that each of those things there's an interesting reason that I believe why God has instilled this priority list in the order that it's in because the way that I see, the way that God has, has ordained this to be is that if I care about one, I'll put it under the next. What am I saying? If I value my relationship with my spouse, I will put my relationship with God above my spouse because my marriage needs to be built on my, on my walk with God. And so that's why I put God above my spouse that's why I put God above my marriage is so that my marriage flows under the submission of God is so that it flows under me following God and me being obedient to God is that then my relationship with my wife falls in perfect submission and perfect alignment with God the same thing it keeps going down the line the reason why we put our spouse above our children is because of how much we love our children 
It's not, it's not because, well, how could I ever put anybody above my children? They, they, they come first and foremost to anything. But if I love my children, I'll put my relationship with my spouse above my children because they need to see mama and daddy in the house of God. They need to know what it looks like. Fathers, they, your daughter needs to know what it looks like of how to treat a lady. Your daughter needs to know what it looks like of how you, of how you treat your, your wife. We need to be able to show our children how to be respectful one to another. They, there's things that they're only going to learn from watching mom and dad. There's going to be so many things that they're going to learn from watching how how mom talks to dad or how dad treats mom and those are the things these are the reasons why we've got to put our relationship with our spouse above our children not because not because we don't value our children but because we do enough that we would put their mother or their father first so that we together just as God has ordained can raise them in the way that they should go so that we can train up our children in the way that they can go and that is by making sure that we've got our priorities aligned up with God. After that, the church, if we care about our church, if we care about, if we care about the future of the church, we make sure we raise up our children right. We make sure that we raise up our families right. Because here's the thing, a strong church is built on strong families. That's what, if you want to have a strong church, if we want to have a great church going forward, then we've got to start with individual strong families. That's what we've got to start, that's what we focus on, is making sure that our families are raised upright. And finally, if we care about this city, if we care about those that are lost, we'll put the church first. Because the church is who is called to reach the lost world. And so if we want to be able to reach this lost city, if, if we want to be able to reach those that are hurting and those that are broken, we dedicate ourselves to the house of God. We dedicate ourselves to the cause of God. We recommit ourselves to what God is doing in this city and by the means in which He's doing that. You see... Our culture in this day and age has such an anti-family agenda. They, they raise up so many things that just are so against the family. And one of the biggest things that we have got to do, one of the biggest things that we've got to make sure that we do, is we've got to make sure that culture does not influence how we raise our family. We can't, we can't, we can't, the things that we establish, and even if you don't have a family, even if maybe you're single or you're in a kind of a unique situation, or whatever but here's the thing what I allow into my house affects the residents of the home the things that I allow into my home is going to affect those who live here and so one thing I've got to do especially especially the men we are the leaders of the home is one thing we got to do is we got to set a standard of oh no that's not coming in here this this house is built to last we're built on the word of God here in the words of Joshua as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord and so we set this standard of oh I don't let that in my house that can't come in that can't come in that I've got to, what I have here is too precious to allow that kind of garbage in here what I have here is too precious to allow that kind of junk in this home we set a standard of that will not be welcome in this home not here not now we've got too much that's worth fighting for there's so much that's worth fighting for in our lives that we've got we've got to be able to set that standard can I ask you 
What materials are you using to build your life? How much energy and effort and finances are being spent to make certain structure is strong? Does it look nice? But can it really handle the storms? Are you just wanting something in place so everyone thinks you have it all together? Are you doing your best to hold it together until your kids are grown and out of the house? Just, just, putting, just putting a little bit of coat of paint here, just a fresh, fresh coat of paint here, just sweeping under the rug here, just trying to, trying to get along and just, just barely getting by. You know it won't last long, but you'll just take your chances. It's easier. It's the faster way. You don't really have a lot of time to focus on all this right now. All this, all this stuff about building, building, being built to last and all that. We don't, we don't have time for that right now. It's just so busy. Or what about our young people? Are you just waiting for the magic graduation day that you can just get out of your parents' house and build your own life the way that you want? Use whatever material that you want to use? I know nobody sees this stuff. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy. But are you making sure that you're building your life, your family, your marriage, and your home on the rock, Christ Jesus? I want you to think about Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus is teaching all kinds of powerful lessons. Anyone remember where he says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and knows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains come and the floods descend and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse in a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teachings, for he taught with real authority. Don't miss what Jesus is saying here. It's such a simple lesson for us today. But think about this. Two houses are being built. Rains, flood, winds, beats on both houses. They're just the same. Everything that's happening on the outside, the external of what's happening to this house is all the same. Both houses are being attacked by the same rain, the same wind, the same storms of life. One house stands strong, one collapses. Maybe I could say two lives are being built. Storms of life, temptations, hurt, offenses, they both beat on the lives. One stands strong, one collapses. Two marriages being built. Confusion, stubbornness, unfulfilled expectation, all the storms beat on both marriages. One marriage stands strong. One marriage collapses with a great crash. Two families being built. All the busyness of life, the sickness, the pain, the problems, they beat on both families. One family stands strong. One family collapses with a great crash. Is it just a gamble, you think? You think it's just, just chance? Just, just whoever gets lucky, some of them their house stands up. Some of them that just crashes, just kind of fate. Just, you know, well, I guess it just... Or maybe we can use a church word. How about, well, they're just blessed. You know, they're just more blessed than I am, you know. and They got all the blessings, and that's why their house stood strong. And mine just crashed because I'm just not as blessed as them. Or it, it, just, it, it just wasn't meant to be. No. The answer is in Jesus' parable here. He says, 
whether the houses stood strong or collapsed had everything to do with how the house was built. It wasn't up to luck. It wasn't up to chance. It completely fell on, did I build it on the rock? Did I build it upon the foundation? Was the foundation strong? Was the materials used on that house? Was there intentional things done? How was the money spent? What was the time priority? What did we focus on in this house? And that is exactly what the difference in the house that stands and the house that falls. And Jesus calls one wise and one foolish. Notice the builder, both builders listened. One did something with the teaching and one disobeyed. Don't wait until the house is built to decide to check up on some things. Don't wait until everything's already in place. Then we start focusing on, okay, well, let's, let's see what do we need to do now. No, sometimes we've got to make sure that the foundation is right. The, fa- the very foundation has got to be laid first before we can build upon anything. Look at this building right now. I want you to think about this. We look at the great lights. We look at the beautiful carpet. One of the first things I noticed whenever I came here the first time was, wow, this is a beautiful sanctuary. I love, I love what they've done with the place. You can tell it's been recently redone, and I thought it was beautiful. Can I tell you, Brother TJ, one of the first things that I said absolutely was not. Wow, what a strong foundation they've laid. Man, it's just, you can really, I mean, just feel how, how sturdy that ground is, you know, just... That is a nice foundation. No, I didn't, I didn't focus on that. That's not what I, I noticed. I noticed how beautiful the stage was. I noticed how beautiful the, the sanctuary was. I noticed the, the colors of the wall. I noticed all these. But I did not notice the foundation. Why is that? Because sometimes we can get so carried away with what we want to do in life and where we want to go in life. The foundation, that's boring stuff. Foundation, that's so easy to forget. The foundation, that's just, you know, nobody talks about it. Nobody thinks about it. It's not, is it, does that make it not important? Absolutely not, because none of this would be standing without a foundation. None of it would be standing without a foundation. Wherever you want God to take you in life, wherever you want to go in life, it's got to start with a foundation. It's got to If we want to see revival in this city, if we want to see revival in this region, it starts with me and it starts with you. We got to have the foundation set right. Before we can build anything, before we can get started on anything else, it starts with the foundation. And so we got to build our lives. We got to build our homes. Homes. We got to build our families and our marriages on the foundation of I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart. Stand with me across this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If we want to see revival in this city, if we want to see a change in our lost loved ones, in our neighbors, in the prodigals, in everybody, if we want to see that, that, that change It starts right here. It starts with each and every one of us. And I wonder if right now, I'm not going to ask for a big altar call, but I just wonder if right now, if you could just recommit yourself to God. If you've been moved by this today, if if you feel that need, if you feel that burden, that it starts right here. It starts in my heart. It starts in my life, in my home, in my family. I wonder if you could just recommit yourself right now.
Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.